this. This is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers podcast. It is post football time. We got there. It happened. We made it. It actually folks. happened. We made it. It happened. We have week one mostly in the books. We're recording this right before the Monday night game. And uh, you're listening to this probably on a Tuesday. So, yeah. There's some stuff we, that's probably happened Monday night that will not be in this, but. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, we, we will not talk about Monday night because it hasn't happened yet. So just bear that in mind. Also, if, if, there, if there ends up being any obvious waiver grabs from tonight, I'm sorry, we won't talk about them. It's just the nature of the beast. But week one is in the books for the most part. And uh, what a weird week it was. It was strange. It was something. It was it's, very... It was, it's it was, kind of like weird. you. your friend invited you over to... I play some video games and eat pizza, and you were, like, really excited. And you got super, like, yes, we're finally happening. It's happening today. And so you go over to his house, and his mom has instead made tomato soup, and you're going <laughs> to sit down and watch Shawshank Redemption with his family. <laughs> like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. The soup is good. It's a great movie. But it's it's just not what you had in mind at all. <laughs> I was not expecting it to go down that way. Oh man. You know what that was? That was our that was your moment, like that coach that is a meme where he just has these incredible analogies of yeah, life. Like I've seen he's, that guy. He's like it's like your uh, your mother in law driving off a cliff in a Cadillac. You got mixed feelings. <laughs> it's wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Whoa, okay. I was I was proud of that one, honestly. Was a, that was good. That I was, mean, I wasn't saying it was bad. I mean, the tomato soup is the tomato soup's good. It's a good movie, but it's not what I had in mind. This no. is what we planned. No, week one was not not at all what we had in mind, I'll be honest with you. I we so I just looked at my super stacked lineup. So if you've been listening for a while, you will know there's a couple leagues that we care about a significant amount, probably too much. And in those leagues, we are among the handful of competing teams. And we have some pretty stacked rosters. I'll just be honest with you. But just listen to this. This is how week one went kind of in a nutshell. I, I have a starting lineup. It's a super flex league. Starting lineup of Patrick Mahomes, Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard because Travis Kelsey was out, Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell, and Lamar Jackson. Guess how many touchdowns that super lineup scored collectively? I watched Thursday night, so I know Patrick Mahomes had it. Did he have one or two? He had two touchdowns. Okay. Those were the only touchdowns scored by that entire lineup all week. That is unfortunate. <laughs> what a weird week, man. Just a, a lot of studs didn't quite perform the way we thought they would, and a lot of randos. I mean, if you go look at the top five receivers this week, you've got Kendrick Bourne in there, Jacoby Myers, just like you drew it up. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, it, it's exactly what you would have expected. 
it's just a it's a very bizarre week for fantasy football. Like I, I said, don't know what it's else good. To say. Any football's good. It's just it's not what I expected. Not at all. Really quickly before we we're gonna get into a recap, we're gonna do some weekly weenies and some waiver pickups. But before we get into all that. Uh, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy what we're doing here and you want to support us, you can check us out on Patreon. We've got uh, weekly rankings we'll be putting up there. Uh, we also have a Discord server as well where you can talk to some other fantasy football junkies, some degenerates like yourself, like us, and uh, have a fun time over there. But if you don't want to uh, check out the Patreon, you can just leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening to the show. And it helps us out a ton, and we greatly appreciate it. All righty. Let's talk about the week that was. Ben, I'll just sort of cede the floor to you here. Lead us through the recap of week one. Yep. So obviously the season starts out uh, Kansas City versus Lions. Uh, really good game to start out the season. Um, Chiefs didn't look amazing, but I think it's people are trying to blow it out of proportion more than it is. The Chiefs are going to be just fine this year. They were literally out they're two best players outside of Patrick Mahomes. I kind of, people may not believe me when I say it, but I kind of expected the Lions to win this one. Not in the way that they did. Uh, I've never seen a wide receiver actually lose a game before. Which <laughs> Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony, 100% is the reason they lost that game. He was like terrible. he catches one one pass, they win this game. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not concerned about the Chiefs at all. Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. They got Chris Jones actually just signed to a deal today, one year. They did. So their defense is going to – I mean, the defense did a pretty good job against Detroit. Honestly, um, it might be the best defense that they've had since Patrick Mahomes was their starting quarterback. Yeah, so I, that was – They're solid. Yeah, that was Travis that Kelsey was really also – I think Travis Kelsey's supposed to be back for week two. If not week two, then week three, but he's trending if, in if, the right direction. If anything, this, this game made me even higher – on Travis Kelsey, because that is how much he means to this team. They yeah. have to have him. Yeah. So, yeah. On the Lions side, uh, David Montgomery was my start of the week. He didn't disappoint me. He looked really good. Yeah. Uh, they didn't give Jameer Gibbs the ball as much as I thought they would. I'm not super surprised by really how it went. I'm nope. not panicking on him at all. They were really just trying to just kind of get his feet wet. This is your first NFL game. Let's see what you got. Let's not overwork him. Looked great. Like, I mean, it was 10 yards every time he touched the ball. He's so fast. Um, so not worried about him. Amon Ra, he's – Amon Ra is going to be awesome this year. There's no way about it. And the fact that um, Detroit's doing this without um, – what's his name? Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams. It's impressive. I think Detroit's going to be very, very good this year. Yeah, they will. I, I think the things that we'll take away from week one are Green Bay's probably not going to skip a beat. They're going to be about what they've been. Well, the Bears are also trash. Well, But part of that is the Bears are also not skipping a beat. They're what we thought they were. Yeah, they're going and, to have a top five pick again. Yeah, and the Lions are improved, and the Vikings are basically regressing to the mean. They, they're not going to win all these one-score games like they did last year. So, yeah, I mean, the Lions, the Packers, probably the top of that division. Yep. Uh, moving on, you got uh, Falcons, Panthers. Bijan looks great. Tyler Algier was probably the surprise of the week. He was awesome. He, was. he actually, I can't remember if he, I know he outcarried Bijan. I don't know if he outsnapped him. Bijan got most of the snaps on third down still. 
people <clears throat> yeah. were freaking out. I'm not. I mean, Bijan's still top five back for me. Tyler Algier, probably he might potentially jump into borderline top twenty four running back. We'll see. Uh, so Drake. yeah. I, I do want to talk about that backfield, though, for a second, just because people are probably overreacting on Bijan's usage, even though he was incredibly efficient in his usage. He had six targets. He led the Falcons in targets. Like 17, 18 points in half PPR. Yeah. <clears throat> right. He still was fantastic, uh, just very efficient, whereas Algier ended up in the second half. Like, Algier didn't get a ton of snaps in the first half. He got a lot more in the second half. Honestly, once the game was in hand, they just sort of let Algier be the bowling ball, kind of the... I don't know the hammer, I guess, for the against the Panthers defense, and he sort of wrapped things up, get, put a little bow in the game. I, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about Algier and the waiver pickups, but I don't think you should be panicking on Bijan. I, I think if no, nothing dude. else, he showed us he is that guy. He is what we thought he was going to be, and he can still produce. I mean, elite, elite numbers, even with uh, I guess a smaller workload than what we thought he was going to get. And it's it's kind of the same thing, not to the same extent as Gibbs, but like it's yeah. their literal first NFL game. Like, so what? He they like Gibbs didn't have thirty five points on ten catches and fifteen carries, and Bijan didn't have a hundred ca- touches in the game. Like, it's their first game. Calm down. Yeah, they're gonna be just fine. Tyler Algier was a surprise, yes, but I, dude, the Falcons are gonna they're gonna lead the NFL in in running back carries again. They're, yes. they're going to be the top rushing offense. So I'm not they're You're going to have just two great backs is what you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bijan may, may, he might have some of his ceiling capped in the, the grand scheme of things because Algier, I think was used a lot more than we thought he would be, but even still Bijan is going to get like, they're both going to coexist. It's sort of like that Lions backfield with Gibbs and Montgomery. I think you're going to see two backfields there with the Lions and the Falcons where Two running backs are going to be incredibly relevant. There's clearly a guy you want, but then the other guy can still get it done, even Maybe while Bijan not getting the money. Money is stuff. a little bit more in the Gibbs role than we projected. Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I'm not concerned here. No. Uh, Panther side, not a really a ton to talk about outside of Miles Sanders, who was kind of. It was very strange watching that, how much they rotated backs in Carolina. Yes. Very so Sanders, Sanders' stats at the end of the day look good, but he did not command the number of snaps you would have thought he would. Like, I know he had 18 yeah. carries, 70 yards. That looks nice. He had, I think it was four catches or something like that, five targets. The stats look good, but I think if you sort of dive into what it actually was, it, it was a little bit more concerning in terms of his total usage, even though the final stat line looks pretty good. Still the lead back, but I think uh, I think you got to drop him down just a little bit in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, Texans Ravens, Texans weren't great. Didn't really expect them to be great. No. Uh, no. the The only thing worth mentioning, I think, here is Damian Pierce. We, I think, so we said a couple weeks ago, Damian Pierce was the worst value in drafts, and then I was hearing reports that he was just going to be a bell cow like a week after we said he was a terrible value. And I was Loving starting to be like, <laughs> right. But like the, the hype train got me a little bit to where it was like, okay, I still don't want him, but maybe he's not like the worst guy you can draft after week one, terrible value. Uh, they have a three headed monster in that backfield. It is not just Damian Pierce. It's 
Damian Pierce, it's Devin Singletary. And then there was a third guy, and I can't even remember his name, but uh, there were three backs getting carries in that backfield. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Lamar Jackson kind of really hit or miss. It was weird, but I think he It was not hit or miss. It was, it was miss. He was terrible. Yeah, he was, he was not good. Mrs. Lamar Jan and Lamar. Eh. Mark Andrews misses him dearly. Uh, yeah. J.K. Dobbins tears his Achilles. Really sad for him, honestly, because he was in a contract year. He was struggling to get one anyway, just coming off the injury. He's definitely not going to get a contract now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's just tough, man. Yeah, it is. Zay Flowers Zay Flower, popped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ten I targets. Was, I was impressed. Yeah, I was wondering if this passing pie was going to shrink to just a couple guys. And it, it was shrunk I mean, to pretty much only Zay Flowers. It's going to be Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. I think those are going to be the two guys you want. And then Bateman may have the occasional big play, and Odell Beckham might have the occasional, I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Flowers. It's going to be Andrews. Yep. Let's see. Bengals Browns. Oof. Do we want to touch that one at all? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. It wasn't even good on the Browns side of things, and they won 24 to 3. No, I mean, the Browns was... were terrible. Nick. Nick Chubb looked good. Yeah. Nick Nick Chubb had a very Nick Chubb game. 100 yards rushing. Except he finally had, had some targets. Yeah, caught four passes. That is maybe the first time I can remember Nick Chubb. I mean, of course he's going to get 100 yards. It's Nick Chubb. But then also getting the passing volume, it's like, oh my gosh. It's, hey, it, it's things are looking up. It is, it is noteworthy that um, his backup, Jerome Ford, had a fairly big workload. Not that obviously he's not going to really touch anything from uh, Nick Chubb, but he did have 15 carries. So good lord! If there's a back to pick up there, go get him. Yeah. Bengals side. I think the biggest takeaway I can really say is just don't overreact. Yeah. Joe Burrow. I mean, was it bad? Yes. It was. It was extremely, extremely ugly. Um, the Cleveland has historically just dominated Cleveland or uh, Cincinnati in Cleveland. They they can't win there. Uh, Joe Burrow missed all of training camp, didn't play any in the preseason. So this is kind of his first real action, like football action, since last year, last season. So I'm not reading too much into it. They started slow last season when he had a bad game in Pittsburgh, and then he went and had a bad game against Dallas, and then he won 14 out of 16 games. So yeah. Was it bad? Yes. Go buy low on these guys if you can, I guess. That's really that's really all you can do. If you can go get T. Higgins off his goose egg on eight targets, then yes, do it. But yeah, um, I think it'll be an outlier. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Buccaneers-Vikings. Vikings, that's going to be a heck of a, of a passing offense. That's all. I mean, they, they may lead the NFL in passing yards. Justin Jefferson, Honestly. obviously a stud. Uh, Jordan Addison looked really good. The stats didn't necessarily pop for TJ Hawkinson, but he had nine targets. Uh, Wasn't efficient with the yardage, but the usage, it's going to be those three guys. And I think with the volume we saw uh, yesterday, all three of those guys can be very, very good this season. Jefferson is going to be elite. Hawkinson is locked in with his target share. And Jordan Addison, I think, can can push for top 24. Yeah, and I think the other part of it is they're going to be in close games pretty much all year long. And they're going to have to throw. Yeah, they know what they are. They are a pass-first offense. 
Alexander Madison is a capable running back, but they're not ever going – don't get it twisted. They're not ever really going to, like, pound the rock, run the ball. They're going to throw it all over the yard. So I think Addison is probably – legitimate a, weapons like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Addison's probably like a fringe top 24 receiver right now. Jefferson, I think you feel good about taking him first overall. I mean, nine catches for 160 yards, that's great. Uh, I, I know Tyreek Hill right was now. the guy on the week, but – I'm not sure which of those guys at the moment I prefer. I think I still got Jefferson at one for now. But, oh, my God, Tyreek Hill was good. Yeah, he, he was incredible. Uh, Buck side, is there really really too much we can touch on? I think Godwin and Evans I mean, I are think, still probably top 24 receivers. but Yeah, the only thing I really – I mean, I knew we were more in on Godwin than Evans – but Evans still had 10 targets and scored a touchdown. And Godwin was, you know, what was he, like seven, eight targets? I think he ended up scoring. Five catches, 51 yards. Yeah. So stat-wise, they were close. Obviously, Evans had more targets. Evans just had the touchdown, and Godwin didn't. I mean, I guess they're pretty much – they're going to be ranked very similar, I think, going forward. I I know – Lesser version of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. They're both good. Not as good as Smith and our A.J. Brown, obviously, but I think it's a much they're both going to have version. their weeks. They're they're good receivers now. Don't no, they're good. Don't but I mean, too much. It, it well, it's not them. It's that I think Jalen Hurts is a significantly better player than Baker Mayfield is, even though the Eagles' well, offense is. wasn't great. But still, yeah. Uh, Saints Titans. Chris Olave. Dude, I, I think on the Saints side of this, Michael Thomas showed he's still got something. He's not completely toast. Yeah, but, I, was, I was impressed with Thomas. Yeah, but he is not the number one receiver. The number one receiver is absolutely oh, Chris Olave. Oh, yeah, he's the guy. Chris Olave had 10 targets. He had 100 yards. If he was not valued as a top 12 receiver prior to week one, he absolutely is now. And I think... He's probably going to be like more of a top eight receiver moving forward. He's going to have his down weeks. I think he's getting the top 10. Yeah. I mean, I think like we were saying at the beginning or before the season started, if Chris Olave got 150 plus targets, you just have to lock him in as a top 10 guy. I think he's going to get 150 plus targets. Derek Carr is really looking for Olave out there. And Olave, like Olave did not show up really in the first half, but he had like two catches for 70 yards at one point. Like, he can still impact a game when not heavily targeted, but then you also factor in, in the second half, he was heavily targeted. So he's going to be really good. He is, and I may, you some you I know you probably won't, some people may say this blasphemous, but he is in the, the range of guys like a Jamar Chase, I almost feel like. For, and hear me out, because he's going to go out there and have a big target share but he can stretch the field like we've seen him. We saw him have a 45-yard catch like yesterday. He can make big plays and operate off volume alone, which what is what we were saying in preseason gives him such an elite ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, he's going to be a top-seven guy for me rest of season. I am still trying to figure out the Jalen Waddle-Chris Olave situation. I've, I'm gonna, I have that in a dynasty league where I've got to figure out, like, which of those two guys am I going to be starting? Granted, it is it is a great problem to have, but yes. still, I, I think Olave. Right there. 
Yeah, I think Olave is going to be the guy, and it's. I would. It's yeah, not I would because be starting Olave. Yeah, and I think it's that same argument of both are great, but Olave is going to have the safety and the upside that I don't think Waddle has. I mean, Waddle had five targets because Tyreek Hill stole the show, and that now, can Waddle's happen on any given week. Because we've seen him have guards where it was five catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he still had four catches for 80 yards, which is great, but like he only had five targets, whereas Olave... He operates I think you can, with a dominant receiver on the other side of him, too, whereas Olave is obviously the guy. Yeah, I mean, Olave has just enough from Michael Thomas to sort of take some pressure off, but it's not like Michael Thomas is going to challenge him as the number one in the offense. I think it is for sure Olave, and everybody should know that by now. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, much to say on the Titans side. Brian Tanner the only thing. The only thing worth mentioning here is Tajay Spears played more snaps than Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know what to do with it. I don't really think you should read too heavily into it, but I think it's just worth knowing. Yeah. Tajay Spears played 34 snaps, I think, and Derrick Henry, I think, played 30 snaps. It didn't pop for fantasy, but DeAndre Hopkins had 13 targets, so he's going to be fine this year. Ryan Tannehill was targeting DeAndre Hopkins to his own detriment. I think he threw two picks targeting... DeAndre Hopkins in double coverage. Yeah, so not worried about him for fantasy. Colts-Jags. This one, this one is a lot to talk about, actually. Yes. Calvin Ridley. He's him. He's got to, I mean, he's got to absolutely fly up ranks. Up there, not ahead of Chris Olave, but up there in the Chris Olave ranks. Of I think so. Top 10 right now. Where did you have him before yesterday? I had him I had at, like, him at, wide receiver 12. I had him at 15, I think. Dang. Where would you have him now? Okay, we'll we'll pause and do this uh do this real quick. That's a that's a good question. I mean, obviously Jefferson Hill, I think I still got Chase at 3. Um yep. until further notice. Oh lord, I really don't want to break. I'm going to have him around probably a little Maybe right behind Chris Olave. And Chris Olave's top seven for you, you said. Yeah. I probably he's top ten for me. I think so. Yeah. We'll we'll probably try to drop this in like Instagram or, or something, each of our top tens, maybe at wide receiver after week one. But he's Ridley's in it. I will say that. Yeah. I agree. Uh Travis Etienne broke one off late. He'll be, he's gonna be good this year. He had like an eighty percent snap share though, so he he was on the field all day long. Yeah, I think not, that's really encouraging. He's gonna be he's gonna be great this year. Um, Zay Jones looked fine. Christian Kirk surprisingly uninvolved. Yep. The most the biggest thing to break down is on the other side of the ball or or the other team with Anthony Richardson, and I'll let you kind of take this one. Dude, Anthony Richardson showed us a lot in this game. He was at one point, I think it was in the late third quarter. But he was looking at like 17 of 24 for like 170 yards, a touchdown, and like 30, 40 yards rushing for another touchdown. And it was like, okay. I mean, I've seen enough. Like, I had concerns about him as a passer. Yeah, that I did, game. I did not think he threw 37 passes. No, I mean, at the end of the game, it's, I think it was 24 of 37, uh, a touchdown, a pick, like 200 some yards. Um, yeah. But he ended up throwing a crap load of passes toward like on the last drive. Like for example, Michael Pittman ended up with ten targets, but six of those tar- of those targets were on the final drive. 
Yeah, but six of them were on one drive on the final drive of the game. So they threw the ball a ton at the end. But I think Richardson showed us enough that like maybe it's not all going to come together to be like an elite season this year, but it's it's coming. I think it's going to happen. He's going to be at the bare minimum. Yeah, but it's against a good team. Like the Jags, I mean, they're a playoff team. I think they're going to win that division. It was it was the kind of thing where you wanted to see him show flashes, and I think he showed enough. He was close with them in all game. I think they were they were winning at one point, and yeah. then it was just kind of at the end um, the Jaguars just kind of took over. But yeah, yeah so I don't I don't know. I saw a poll on Twitter where people were voting on for dynasty Anthony Richardson or Justin Fields, and I do think at this point in time it's still Justin Fields, but it's close. If we revisit this this time next year, it might be Richardson. If we revisit this in, in a few weeks, it could be it Richardson. Might. Who knows? I mean, if he, I told you that if Richardson posts another game like he did in week one next week, and it shows that, okay, maybe it wasn't just a fluke, like he can actually throw the ball accurately in the pros, I'm in, dude. I'm like, I've got a couple leagues where it's like Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and then... Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson is kind of like a distant third in a one quarterback league. If he puts it together a little bit, I know he's not going to be getting in that lineup, but I'll be thinking about it. I'll have the thought. Like this week, yeah, there you, was I no you, thought. That's one of those situations you got to trade him so you don't have those those dark thoughts. Like put him in, <laughs> and then you're going to start him, and Justin Herbert's going to throw five touchdowns. You're going to be like, oh my god, I hate myself. I mean, I already did it this week. I started Lamar Jackson. I had Justin Herbert and Anthony Richardson on the bench, and I was like, well. That was a mistake, but Lamar Jackson has a is a horrible habit of they get inside the five yard line, he's just going to hand it off. Like he will not score the touchdown himself. It is very frustrating. Forty uh, ers Steelers. Brock Purdy is that guy. Forty ers are very good. Forty ers breathe a sigh of relief that game because like if they went into that game having traded Trey Lance, no Jimmy Garoppolo, and Purdy sucked, like yeah. they were they were going to be in some trouble. But Purdy, he looks like he is the savior for now. Christian did anything McCaffrey, change? Obviously dominant. Yeah. Did anything change in your mind about the fantasy options for the 49ers after that uh, that game? I'm moving Brandon Ayuk up for sure, obviously. I'm not going to overreact because I, w- I want to see some consistency that we haven't seen before because like, we- we've been watching the 49ers for a few years now. It could be Brandon Ayuk this week. And then next week he could have two catches and Debo Samuel has all the points or George Kittle has all the points. So yeah. I want to see it for a few weeks before I'm like going all in, but it was impressive. I'll say this. I don't think, and I think I've thought this for a little bit, I don't think there's going to be a week or I don't think there's going to be one guy that's consistently finishing highly outside of Christian McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey every week is going to be elite but the other guys, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, it's going to be a rotation where this week it yeah. was Ayuk, next week it might be McCaffrey and Debo or McCaffrey and Kittle. I would love to have all Kittle. three in best ball, but right. it's it's going to be a nightmare like trying to pick which one to start regularly. I don't think you're going to be able to. Like It's, it's going to be a rotation. There's going to be dud weeks from two to three of those guys, I think, every week. But one of them is probably going to pop off every week because the offense is going to score a lot of points. It's just a matter of who's going to do it. 
I was surprised with how much work Christian McCaffrey got. I'll be honest with you. Elijah in Mitchell blowout, did not exist. In a blowout win, they just kept giving him the ball. Dude, he had 2019 Christian McCaffrey volume on an elite team. That is terrifying. That's scary. Like, he didn't even really get a ton of targets, but they just kept letting him run the ball, and he was incredible. Like, I would be terrified if I did not draft Christian McCaffrey yeah, Christian because McCaffrey he's going to be awesome. Back in that, in that if, he, if he's in your opponent's starting lineup, you, you are legitimately frightened for yes. what's about to happen. He can, I mean, he had 25 fantasy points, and it felt like, honestly, outside of the 160 yard run, it felt, I mean, he just, I don't know, it was a quiet 25, if, if that's a thing, you know? It was like one play that exploded and he scored a touchdown, had 60 yard run, obviously a big fantasy play. But outside of that, it was just volume, 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 volume. Uh, he's, he's terrifying. Uh, don't want to touch on too much for the Steelers. They didn't look good. Is a is a tough matchup. The 49ers defense is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Jalen Warren, kind of, Najee Harris is a thing. I think they split a lot more than I thought they would. Yeah. That's a thing to pay attention to. Yep. Uh, Deontay Johnson got banged up. Uh, I haven't looked too much into what his injury was, but keep an eye on I think on it was a that. hamstring. Okay. I'll just keep an eye on that. Other than that, don't 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 panic too much. I mean, it's the 49ers. They're going to steamroll a lot of people this year, so yeah. Uh, just give it some time. Cardinals Commanders again don't want to spend a ton of time. Brian Robinson looked really good. I like I kind of like him a lot going forward. Other than that, I James Conner looked good. That was about it. Yeah. Zach Ertz had 10 targets. Other than that, I don't think there's really much to say. Yeah. I'm not really touching anyone else on these teams as much as i love terry mclaurin he didn't do a whole lot no he's coming off an injury Jahan dotson had seven targets he did okay uh, I, i'm not in love with sam howell but i like brian robinson in games that you think the commanders are going to be close i would start brian robinson because yes. he's going to get a lot of work antonio Cardinals, gibson did absolutely nothing no he was he was terrible <laughs> Cardinals outside of James Conner I'm not touching anyone that's the end of the story yeah Raiders Broncos you'll probably like this one this was interesting Javante. wasn't it yeah yeah Javante was very good I think he had 13 carries for 50 yards I will take it he also had was it 6 targets or was it 5 targets I can't remember which he had 6 targets that's great 4 catches only 5 yards but but 4 catches yeah. He had basically he had a very safe, fine game that if he would have scored a touchdown, you'd feel really great about. He didn't get the touchdown, so you're like, eh, okay. But I mean he he looked really, really good. Yeah. P Ryan had way more work in the second half. Javante yes. kind of dominated the first half. P Ryan was in the second half. There was um, a point at which I think in the first like three drives or something, Javante had like Eight opportunities between yeah, targets me, rushes. Like, they said Joe, we're going to limit Javante, but he's got like ten touches already. Yeah, five and minutes P. Ryan, to go in the first quarter. P. Ryan had like one touch, and Javante had dominated the workload on the first few drives. So ba- I, I viewed had, it as they like gonna. they they scripted him touches, and P. Ryan was like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna ease off him a little bit." And let P. Ryan. They get were going to limit his touches. They just didn't tell you how they were going to do it. Like we're going to give him all right away, <laughs> and then take him out. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, but it's a, it's definitely encouraging to see. Yeah, Russell Wilson was efficient, not amazing. Cortland Sutton scored. I think they sort of just like spread it around for the most part, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I Myers, don't, I don't know where that came from. I don't either. That was Josh weird. Josh Jacobs, not too worried about him. He had 22 touches. Wasn't very efficient, but the offense as a whole wasn't very good. Not and also Denver's defense. Denver's defense fine. is very, 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 yeah, very, very good, good. Very good defense. So not panicking there. Devon, not really panicking on Devontae Adams. Had nine targets, six catches. He'll be fine. He just didn't score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh, the best game of the week, the Chargers and the Dolphins. What a game, dude. Oh Tyree Kill, 200 yards, two touchdowns. What in the world? He also dropped... Or was he overthrown, or did he drop another touchdown? I can't remember what it was. I, I think he might have been overthrown, and I think he also went down at the one. You're kidding. Yeah, I think he went down at the one, too. So he had 40 points. It could have been a lot worse. And so f- there's a guy, uh, Fantasy Guides on Instagram does a missing points thing every week on Instagram. Yeah, that's where I that's where I saw it. He's credit to Fantasy Guides. It's a great follow. I think he's I think the number was there was a potential of 60 fantasy points for Tyreek Hill and he finished with 40 or whatever. Which I'm is so sorry for you guys who started Tyreek Hill. That is I feel bad. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's no, just ridiculous. It will happen. Like there will be several of these throughout the year where Tyreek Hill just takes a game over and everybody else just sort of gets but he had, he had pushed 15 to the side. targets. It wasn't yeah. like he did it on like a couple big plays. He was getting the ball all the time. Yes. He just kept beating the Chargers defense and there was nothing they could do about it. He is unguardable. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. He said something after the game about working on his releases or something and it was like I mean this dude if he How do you improve that, Tyreek? <laughs> He's already the fastest guy in the field. If he has like a Devontae Adams type release repertoire, like you just can't defend that. There's nothing you can do. NFL ain't gonna live. No, they're they're Chargers done. surprising surprisingly had 234 rushing yards. They did. They brought the Dallas Cowboys rush offense to L.A. and Joshua Kelly was fascinating what do you have 90 yards in a touchdown he had 90 yards in a touchdown they both had he and Eckler both had 16 carries Eckler had 117 in a touchdown he also broke off a 55 yarder so that's where Jeez. most of his came from yeah Joshua Kelly we'll talk about him on the waivers but uh it was very noteworthy and not I mean it's, it's not going to be an overreaction Austin Eckler's still the guy he's going to be great there yeah but it is something to keep an eye on I do think Going forward, they're going to run the ball a lot more than they have in years past. I don't think you're going to see Justin Herbert throwing the ball 50 times a game. I think it's going to be more like 35. It is frustrating. He's not going to throw 750 times on the year, but, I mean, it's still going to be like a mid-600s in in terms of pass volume. Still Justin Herbert. I mean, he's going to get his. They're going to score a lot of points. I think that's what I came away from that feeling like. Yep. Eagles-Patriots. Had a feeling that was going to be an ugly game just because that's Bill Belichick on the other side of the field. And there was a rain. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, from the Eagles' side of things, I'm not going to take a ton away from it. Uh, They looked rusty. The receivers still got theirs. The other thing, Kenneth Gainwell basically had the entire backfield to himself. That was maybe the noteworthy thing coming out of it. But in terms of the entire offense, I, I don't know. 
I'm kind of just throwing it away. If if it happens again, then I'll I'll take notice. But like, I don't know. They were too good last year for it to Patriots, for it to be huge. They're, they're just stingy, and we knew that. Yeah, I, maybe like Mac Jones being good was something that I didn't really expect. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Um, I mean, the Patriots they committed to him this offseason when they cut every other quarterback off the roster. Yeah, they and, I think it goes. Says, no, this is Mac Jones' team. Yeah, it goes to show how having a competent play caller in Bill O'Brien sort of changes things. And apparently Kendrick Bourne is good. I didn't realize that, but apparently he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Packers-Bears, Jordan Love, is it – were we wrong? Was everybody wrong? I don't know. He, he looked pretty decent. Everybody three but tutties. the Packers were wrong? Christian Watson didn't play any of three touchdowns. Granted yeah. – they played the Bears. The Bears are terrible. I was telling y'all before week one that the Bears' defense sucked, and they did. Aaron Jones was my start of the week, and he was the RB1 on the week he, pending he Monday let you night. Down. He did not. He was great. So I think the Bears, you target that defense, but still, it was impressive. Yep. Uh, trying to see if there's anything else I'm taking away from the Packers. Nothing, nothing spectacular. Aaron Jones... AJ Dillon had more carries, but I think Aaron Jones outsnapped him. So kind of what we expected. Aaron Jones, anyway. Aaron Jones um, hurt his hamstring on his one of his big touchdowns. Oh yeah, that's right. And he was pretty limited after that. So I think that's something to keep an eyeball on. It, I mean, there's a possibility Aaron Jones might not play week two with that. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. So I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into the snap counts. I think it was more injury than anything else. Yep. Uh, don't overreact on any of the Packers receivers like Romeo Dobbs or anything like that. Christian Watson wasn't there. Uh, nobody really dominated a target share anyway, so I'm not. Jury's still out there. Yep. Bears side, Justin Fields will be good for fantasy. Not good. He threw for a lot of life. passes. He did. They did not a do a lot of design runs. I think there was only one designed QB run. Yep. It was a bad game for him. Roshan Johnson had seven targets. He did. DJ Moore he did. Two. Yeah. Roshan Johnson, I think, had, was it two touchdowns? That propped up his fantasy output. Um, he had one rushing touchdown. Okay. I mean, he looked good. At the, at the backfield, I think, is still a three-headed split. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Roshan scored the touchdown. He had the targets, but I don't know if that means he's the guy. Yep. All right. Two more, and then we'll move on. Uh Rams, Seahawks, Cam Akers. Dude, I don't. Uh, let's just talk about this game really quick. I know we got to talk about Akers. We got to kill me. I get it. But why the Swift freak? killed me. Akers gets to kill you. Both yeah. of our darlings yeah. let us down this week. Yeah, but like, why did my Seahawks go play a team that we all thought was in contention for the number one pick and get absolutely blasted? The Rams are maybe not as bad as we thought. Or the Seahawks just way overrated. Maybe a little of both. I think I lean more to the fact that the Rams are better than we thought. Matthew Stafford looked better than ever. I mean, he was incredible. Yeah, that I was impressed with two I mean, no Cooper Cup and he still goes out there and throws for 340 yards. It was incredible. Puka Nakua 15 targets, 100 yards. Talk about him on the waivers here in a bit. Lord have mercy. And Tutu Atwell, 100 yards as well. I mean, that was – some of it was 
the Seahawks were basically anemic on offense. They couldn't do anything, so the Rams had the ball like the amount of snaps for the Rams offense versus the Seahawks offense, it was a big difference. So some of this, like the targets, it was inflated, I think, by the game. But they did look really, really good. Okay, now we can kill me about K-Makers. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to rub it in too much because I, I do too like Cam Akers. You you look at the, like the, the carries. Kyron Williams only had 15 carries versus Cam Akers 22, but he had 52 yards and two touchdowns. Well, Akers had a touchdown, but 29 yards. Akers had all of his carries. In the first half, I think it was something like this. I don't know the exact number. But the snaps in the first half between Williams and Akers was like 22 to 4. Akers got all his work in garbage time, basically. It was bad. That's not good. It was really, really, really bad. And what's so frustrating is for another season, Sean McVay in the offseason said, Cam Akers is going to be heavily involved in the offense. And then week one... Comes I mean, out and he's like, absolutely not. Is heavily involved. Maybe yes, garbage but time. It was, but it was <laughs> garbage time. It was like he was not involved when the game was tight. I guess it was. I, it was worse than Akers, even the stats would tell you. I think he's just a bad running back. I don't want to admit it, but you might be right. I think I think he's just bad. He might be. All it right, was sad. Uh, Seahawks, and then we'll move on. DK Metcalf salvaged basically a terrible offensive day by everybody by scoring a touchdown. Um, JSN sucked. Tyler Lockett sucked. Geno Smith sucked. DK scored, and therefore he looks okay. JSN not overreacting there. He's coming off the hand like a broken hand. So yeah, it, the fact it, he's even out there is. <laughs> I don't even really want to read into the game at all. I think this is a game you throw away. But the offense in general was terrible. Like, everybody was bad. Kenneth Walker, I think, ended up okay-ish because he sort of dominated the backfield touches, but, like, yeah, he, he everybody really was bad. He off the field. No. No, he did not. Charbonnet might not have standalone value. They might have drafted a second-round running back to be a backup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Giants versus... Uh, if, you, if you want to call that a game, they... That was not that a game. That was ugly. No. That, that was, was a high school team playing an NFL team. That's what that was. I, I honestly don't really know what to read into that. Uh, nothing. <laughs> the, the Cowboys' defense is really good. The Giants came out and got punked. And that's that's about all you can read into it. They were they were overrated. Sorry. Maybe that too. I mean, they they looked really really bad. Everybody for the Cowboys, we expect to be good. Pollard was good. Uh, CD didn't have, you know, the game. Probably a lot of people would hope, but I mean, he's fine. <laughs> the <laughs> offense is hardly ever on the field. Their their defense and special teams basically gave them a seventeen point lead before the offense had even taken a snap. So yeah, so it was a weird game script. They got game scripted out. Yeah. All right. That it for recap. That I think is it. All right, let's take a quick break for the ads, and we'll be right back when Ben starts talking about some Weekly Weenies. All right, we're back. 
Ben, give us your weekly weenies, my the favorite segment of the week. Much, much awaited. All right. Everybody forgot. They didn't know you they ready for it. me to tear into some millionaires who don't even know I exist? <laughs> me too. Okay. I don't want to talk about this one, but sure. Joe Burrow, what was that? Three it's points. Terrible. 80 God yards? Awful. I'd bench him. In my in my super flex league, I like one one I'm dominant in. I have Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I I had Joe Burrow in the QB one spot and Herbert in the super flex. I switched them this week <laughs> just you to also, show Joe you got to earn that back. Joe also needs to earn his nickname back because you removed his nickname and sleeper. Yeah, I had him in there as Joe Shiesty. Took it out. He's That's just he's just Joe Burrow now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. You run it in yourself, dude. Run it in. It's okay to score the rushing touchdown. They played the Houston Texans, and he had zero touchdowns. Dak Prescott didn't need to be good, so I guess I'll give you a sort of a pass, but that was still horrific for fantasy. We don't care about your real-life team. I want nope. you to score for my fantasy team. He Najee Harris. Uh, no. <laughs> you want to know what he had at halftime? Negative. He had two carries for negative two yards. Negative. <laughs> the stat at one point was the 49ers had 199 yards of offense versus the Steelers won. <laughs> and this was not like a big first quarter. Like this was almost at halftime, like three minutes left in the half. Yeah. Steelers got punked. One yard a carry. That ain't good. One. 22 carries for what was it, Ben? 29. Oh, God. I'm no mathematician, but... but that sucks. That's, <laughs> that's not terrible. good. Kyle Pitts. We had to have him on here every game last year. Just keep I mean, rolling. it's not his fault. He had two catches for 44 yards. He did all he could. He had one really big catch called back because the offense is terrible. It's going to be another horrible year. I don't blame Kyle Pitts at all. But he's still in the weekly weenies. Isaiah yeah, Likely. He's, he's not We got excited. You pooped on us. That's disrespectful. He did. Kadarius Tony. I think we should have an entirely different section for him. This is not weekly weenies. This is weekly might get cut. <laughs> Christian Kirk. He, <laughs> he had the worst game a receiver's ever had. Yeah, I... PFF graded out as, like, the worst graded receiver in, like, six or seven years. That's oh, not good. That's Christian not great, Kirk. Bob. I know they added Calvin Ridley, who can finally come off the weekly weenies. We had him on every week last year. Yep. Calvin Ridley is no longer a weenie. And Christian Kirk is going to take his spot. And <laughs> I'm, adding, I'm adding just for this week a special okay. section for some weekly weenies. These yep. are not guys who were weenies. These are guys who completely didn't that they forgot to suit up actually. This is the weekly forgot to suit up. And that's a shout out to T. Higgins. Nice. Zero points. Dallas Goddard. Zero points. And Drake London. Zero points. Drake London had one target. Would you like to know how much of these how many offensive snaps he played? Or actually, I don't know how many snaps. He played 90% of snaps. Wasn't 90%! It? <laughs> he was drafted with the number eight pick. Uh-huh. How many uh, catches did he have? Zero. 
Do you want to know who had more catches than Drake London? 90% of the NFL. Desmond Ritter, his quarterback. Yeah, his first pass <laughs> was to himself. You know how many targets he had? One. How do you target a 6'5 receiver who was like an, a really incredible draft prospect? You took with the number eight pick over Garrett Wilson. And you give him one target. Yeah. This is, I mean, it, unfortunately we have to put Drake London here, but this is Arthur Smith on the weekly Yes, news. That's what this is. Yeah. All right, Kyle let's Pitts do some waivers London before I, before I burst a blood vessel. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some waivers. These are 10 guys that you should pick up if you haven't already. If they're available in your leagues, you should grab them. Number one priority for me is Tyler Algier. Believe it or not, I looked on Sleeper's sort of ownership, and I think he's only owning like 50% of leagues. So there's going to be a lot of... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys in 12-team leagues that are like, well, duh, go get Tyler Algier. But there's going to be some leagues where he's available. If he is available, I think he's the number one waiver wire ad, but with the caveat that he's probably not available in most leagues. Let's... I guess put it that way. Um, in the leagues where Tyler Algier is not available, I think the number one ad this week is Kenneth Gainwell. That backfield for the Eagles basically shook out to uh, Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. That is unfortunate. And Kenneth Gainwell had 69% of the running back snaps. DeAndre Swift had a whopping, I think it ended up being like 13% of snaps or something. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'll trade you DeAndre Swift for Cam Makers. Honestly. uh, You get about the same production. Yeah, it's garbage pretty much no matter which way you slice it at this point. Um, Yeah, Swift. I I guess at this point we get to victory lap the things that we said were bad. (laughs) I don't really want to victory lap it, but Swift is sort of in a bad spot right now. Yep. Uh, number three. This one's interesting. It's Puka Nakua, wide receiver for the Rams. He had 15 targets, 100 yards in week one against the Seahawks. There's a caveat, though. When Cooper Cup comes back from IR, Cooper Cup is going to immediately resume his spot as, you know, ridiculous, over-targeted wide receiver one. And when he comes back, I'll be curious to see how it sort of shakes out. And the Rams play the 49ers next week. So if you grab Puka Nakua off of his insane week, I don't think you immediately stick him in your lineup. I think you're waiting to see it one more time. But like if he goes out and he has like, I don't know, six catches or something for 50, 60 yards against the 49ers, then I would be okay starting him after that. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know that... Off of this week, we should overreact, but 15 targets for 100 yards. That is definitely something to write home about. So he's our number three waiver wire ad. Yep. Number four, also of the Rams. Yeah. Kyron Williams, he dominated the backfield touches for some godforsaken reason. He scored two touchdowns. So that propped up his fantasy production. Honestly, if, if we're being honest... Neither he nor Cam Akers really looked all that good. Obviously, Cam Akers was terrible. But, like, Kyron Williams had 15 carries for 50 yards. That's not great, but he scored touchdowns. He outsnapped Cam Akers a, a billion to none 
basically. So I, I guess Kyron Williams is the back to own in the backfield. I'm not stoked about it, but uh, that's just, just where we're at. You got to have somebody. Number five, Joshua Kelly. Uh, 16 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Definitely looks a lot more like the Dallas Cowboys offense a year ago where you had two backs getting a lot of work. I think Eckler gets the high-value touches, the targets. And I, I don't know, did I didn't really pay attention to goal line snaps. I don't know if you saw those, uh, if they gave goal line snaps to Eckler or Kyron Williams. Or not Kyron, I'm got, sorry, Josh Kelly. But I know he got some. I, I didn't get to watch the game. I was kind of just following it on my phone, so I don't remember exactly. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, I know he got, I mean, Eckler had one yard rushing touchdown. I know at one point, just because I was facing Eckler in the league, I was like, why is Eckler getting another carry on the goal line? But I know Kelly had a few too. I like yeah. raised my hands up in celebration. Like, yes, it's Kelly, not Eckler. <laughs> You'll take what so, you can get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something to monitor moving forward. Definitely stash him. Yeah, it looks like the plan is going to be ro- to rotate both of those guys in. So Kelly is probably Eckler's not still going to get the highest value stuff. But right, Eckler will get the high value stuff. But Kelly Kelly might have some standalone value. I don't know if ninety yards and a touchdown is what we can expect every week, but there'll be something there. Yeah. All right, this is a package because of the J.K. Dobbins injury. Towards Achilles, he's out for the year. So what do you do with the Ravens' backfield? A lot of people are going to say go grab Justice Hill. Uh, go grab Gus Edwards. I don't think that Justice Hill or Gus Edwards are the answer for this backfield. I think it's going to be Kareem Hunt slash Leonard Fournette. Whichever one of those two guys that I think the Ravens will sign is going to be the guy to have in the backfield. I think it's going to be Kareem Hunt, so I'm just calling my shot and saying Kareem Hunt is the next guy on here. But I've got basically... Yeah, I mean, it's Kareem Hunt, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, all sort of in one little clump. And we'll just sort of wait and see what the Ravens do at running back. Um, Number nine, Rashid Shahid, third wide receiver for the Saints. Dude flashed. I mean, he did basically what he did last year. He showed that he is a big play threat. Uh, He scored a touchdown. So it looks like the Saints have three good receivers. And... Shahid is he's going to be relevant he's going to pop up all year long I think it's somebody that's going to be a potential flex start in certain matchups uh he's somebody you should definitely grab last guy here number guy number 10 guy that I think you should target on waivers is Roshan Johnson uh I'm not 100% sure who the main guy to have in the Chicago Bears backfield is there was nothing super definitive in terms of yeah, nobody really took it. But the one thing I'll hang my hat on is Roshan Johnson at seven targets. That is that's what you if want he's gonna fantasy. Yeah, if he's gonna get the high value touches, then that's the guy I want. I think all three are gonna be involved in some form or fashion. So I don't know. That's why he's the number ten guy, honestly. At this point, like I don't even know if you should really target these guys, but here we are. We're at the tenth spot. Roshan Johnson is the last guy on here. All right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I don't have anything. Wonderful. Well, that'll do let's it for this one. The- yeah, let's go watch Monday night. Uh, we'll see you guys later this week when we're previewing week two of the NFL season. 
appreciate you all listening. Once again, check us out on Patreon or leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to the show. We appreciate you all. Can't wait to see you next time. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.